Good morning. I want to invite you to open your Bibles to the New Testament book of Galatians. This message is coming to you first on this Sunday morning of Mother's Day, uh, this uh, second Sunday of May in 2022. And when I think about uh, uh, speaking today and those of you watching online, I know for sure that there will be one view today, and uh, that will be my mom. And uh, so I want to just take a point of personal privilege and wish to my mom a very happy Mother's Day. And I, I can't be where she is because I'm where I am. Uh, but she's able to listen and watch. And, uh, and so good morning to you, Mom, and happy Mother's Day. I, I want us to take a new direction here over these next four weeks. We have completed the I Am series in the life of our church. And today we start on a new four-week series. I would liken what we are going to do over the next four weeks to Major League Baseball spring training. Major League Baseball spring training has a particular purpose. The purpose of Major League Baseball spring training is to get new players in their right positions, to get the old players in shape, and to get all the players on the same page, or maybe you could say in the same playbook. Well, my hope and my, my belief is that we're at a point like that. A Major League Baseball team would hope that their spring training would position them for the most successful season that they've ever had. And over the next four weeks, I want to help those that are new, new players or new members or new people that are a part of our church, uh, find your position and understand what's happening uh, through the life of Watkinsville. And those of us that might consider ourselves old players, been here a while, uh, to get us in shape, to get us headed in the right direction, to get us ready for what God wants to do in the days ahead. And then all of us, new and old, together on the same page, in the same playbook. It's uh, When I think about where we are right now in the month of May, we... Uh, we have uh, an eye on the fall. We are thinking about what God might be doing. We finish out this month of May. We head through the months of the summer. We have some big events. We work through the book, through chapters and Psalms. We uh, we're have Bible school and kids camp and youth camp. Uh, some really important things. But what we do right now over these next four weeks will basically be like planting the seed for an awesome harvest in the fall. And I don't want us to get to August and September and October and start thinking, hey, we, what now or what should we be doing? Let's think about it now. Let's take the law of the harvest and let's sow some seed of planting and preparation and prayer to be ready to see what God 
wants to do, to be in a position for God to bless and God to use us in seeing his kingdom advance and his children grow to be wholehearted followers of Jesus Christ. We, uh, when we come to the book of um, Galatians this morning, it's, it's where we're going to start first. And I want to mention one word to you and build this first week off of that. Here, here's what we're doing. We're going to take four words over four Sundays and with each of those words put the same prefix on them. These four words will each have the prefix re, R-E. The the prefix R-E has a very specific effect on a word. When you put the prefix re on the front of a word, it means to uh, do again. It means to uh, continue. It means to repeat. It means to go back and do over. And so this morning and the next three Sundays, Lord willing, I'll give you a word, we'll look at a text, and we'll see what it means to do this again, to repeat something, to go back and be ready for what's ahead. Today I want to take the word mind, M-I-N-D, and put on the front of it this prefix, R-E, to re-mind. Now, don't miss the play on words. It's intentional. I want to remind you of some things today specifically. I want to remind you of some things over these next four weeks. But at the same time that we're saying remind, like remember some things, I also mean like re-mind. We need to re-mind ourselves because of the pressures of the world, the attempts of the world, the, the influence of the world that we live in. Our minds can hear a lot of different things. And what I want to do today is take God's word and you might say kind of um, wipe the slate clean or reprogram, remind ourselves. Let's work on our mind. There's some things that we need to think. There's some things that we need to know. There's some things that we need to have right on the front of our minds as we go through these days. And I hope this will become clear as we work through this message. When I speak of reminding my mind, when I think of reminding you, We're talking about taking the world's ways, the world's values, the world's wisdom out of our mind and making sure that God's ways and God's values and God's wisdom is what is in our mind and producing fruit out of our mind. Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 through 10. This is a place where I want us to start today as we remind ourselves of the battle that we're in every day with the enemy and to see what God's promises are, to see how God's goodness 
affects how we think about today and tomorrow and the future. Look at Galatians chapter 6, and I'll begin reading in verse 7. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will weep, will for the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone. And especially to those who are of the household of faith. I believe that the greatest victories that our church has seen is ahead. I believe that the most fruitful days of ministry for Watkinsville First Baptist are the days ahead. You say, Pastor, that's just hype. I don't believe it's hype. And I don't believe it's hype because just even this past year, when we look at what God has done through us and in us and beyond us, the testimony is, is that everything measurable has been more fruitful than any days in our past. We've given more. We've seen more saved. We've baptized more. We've discipled more. We, we have uh, seen more new people come. Uh, we, we have ministered more to one another. Just any way you slice it, we have seen God bear more fruit through us than any time that I have known in the history of our church. And as we look ahead, it seems like God is saying, come on, I've got work for you to do. I've got a plan for you. I, I have things that I'm wanting to do for my namesake and for the advancement of my kingdom in Watkinsville and in our nation and in our world. And he's saying to us, come, follow me wholeheartedly. Get in on this. And I believe those greatest days of effect and impact and fruit are ahead. But listen, even though I believe that with all my heart, I at the same time believe that the hardest battles are ahead. The hardest battles are ahead. And just because we believe that there might be great fruit in the future, that doesn't mean that will not come easily or comfortably. And so today, as we think about the, being prepared for the greatest victories ahead, we at the same time need to still ourselves and be prepared for great battles and great opposition from the enemy. When I look at these verses in Galatians, these are verses meant to warn and these are verses that are meant to encourage. If we heed the warning, we should be encouraged. The, the warning here is that we should not be deceived. And I believe that Paul speaks into a context where he knew that there would be great temptation and great opportunity to be deceived to be deceived by the enemy, to be deceived by the flesh. 
And we take that same application into our day today. And when the Apostle Paul says in verse 7 to not be deceived, we need to believe and see that there is great opportunity for us to be deceived today. For us to believe something that is not true. And when the, the warning is, is that God will not be mocked. Uh, God, will, God will not be lessened. God will not be ignored. God will not look lightly over us being deceived. He says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. And it's the, it's the law of the harvest. You reap what you sow. You reap more than you sow. And you reap later than you sow. That's the law of the harvest. And God says that as you sow seed, whatever kind of seed you sow, that is what you're going to reap. And if you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap what the, the flesh can produce. If we follow the deception of the enemy and sow to the flesh, be prepared. You will reap the temporary impact, the, the effects of what the flesh offers God will not be mocked that's the warning and then in verse um, verse 8 it says one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption but the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life there's the fruit of the flesh and there's the fruit of the spirit and then in verse 9 let us not grow weary of doing good now I want to really focus in on our in our time today on verse 9 let us not grow weary of doing good here's what happens the enemy works on us to make us weary the enemy works on us to make us weary and he and, and there's no other way to say it than to say he attempts to wear us out he attempts to make us weak. He attempts to make us weary. He attempts to make us worn out. And if he can get us weary and worn out, then we are, we are vulnerable to his deception. And his deception produces fruit. How does the enemy wear us out? How does he tempt us? How does he, how does he lead us to get to a point of being spiritually weary now I'm not talking so much about just physical tiredness as I am spiritual tiredness and they work together and and it's in a lot of times our spiritual health is tied to our physical health and our physical health is tied to our spiritual health and sometimes one of the most healthy things that we can do spiritually is to take a physical nap uh, take a physical break and it can help us in our spiritual life but when he talks here about being do not be weary of doing good he, he's talking about in our core the choices that we make the spiritual choices that we make about how we live our life He's cautioning us, warning us, encouraging us all at the same time to not grow weary. This word weary here means um, to, to, to give in to. Uh, to. To give in to evil. 
to, um, to wear down, to get tired. And the enemy does this in these ways. He gives us false narratives. In other words, he, he tells us what's not true and he tries to get us to believe what's not true. It's why it's so important to, to ask a question when we're dealing with some sensation, some, some um, sense that we're growing weary to ask ourselves, am I believing what is true in my life right now? They say, I'm so tired. I'm so worn out. I don't know if I can keep going. I don't know if I can stand. I don't know if this is worth it. What Satan wants to do is to get us to believe a false narrative that it is worthless. It isn't worthwhile. It's not what you want. And he gives a false narrative and it, and it, and it causes us to wear down. Another thing that Satan does, he deceives us with temporary fixes and and the enemy will say just do this you deserve this just 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 this just this one time because you deserve it and nobody else will know but it'll help you and they're just temporary lures temporary fixes and 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 satan offers that in a deceiving way trying to wear us down he offers worldly wisdom and, and, it, and when we get worldly wisdom, we hold God's word up to it. And we say, that's, never, that's not what God's word would say. That's not what Jesus would do. That's not what the spirit bears witness to. But Satan says, no, this is the only thing you can do. This is the only way out or this is the only way to survive. He wears us down with a false narrative. He wears us down with temporary fixes. He wears us down with worldly wisdom. He will wear us down with self-pity. And Satan will try to wear us down by saying nobody else has it as hard as you have it. Nobody else deals with things like you have to deal with. Nobody else is carrying a load like you're carrying. Nobody else is walking through the things that you're walking through. And he wears us down. What's the fruit of this deception? There are three of these. When the enemy deceives us, the fruit of that deception will be this, distraction, distraction. He says in this verse, verse 9, let us not grow weary of doing good. Let us not grow weary of doing good. And what the enemy tries to do is distract us in our life with temporary fixes, false narratives, worldly wisdom, and self-pity and get our eyes off of well-doing. How do we understand well-doing? Well-doing basically means meeting the needs of others. Satan tries to take our eyes off of well-doing. Paul goes to great lengths in his letters and in his writings, whether it's Romans, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, over and over and over again, you see the Apostle Paul driving at the truth that we are not saved by works. But in the same breath that the Apostle Paul teaches us and shows us that we're not saved by good works, he says at the same time, because we're saved, we are to bear good 
so specifically that he says we are for by works you're not saved in Ephesians but he comes right back in Ephesians 2 and says right after that we were created in Christ we are his we are God's workmanship to do good works and so one of the things if Satan can't hinder our salvation he certainly wants to get in the way of our fruit bearing because of salvation and he will distract us and 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 he will cause us to give our time to self give our time to worldly wisdom give our time to temporary fixes give our time to false narratives and we miss the well-doing of life i think about that um the cartoon characters charlie brown and lucy and linus and a lot of philosophy comes through in, uh, in a humor of the cartoon Peanuts. One time Lucy asked Charlie Brown about his philosophy of life. And she said, Charlie Brown, what do you think the purpose of this life is? What do you think makes us happy? Charlie Brown says, the purpose of this life, what makes us happy is making others happy it's doing something for others to which uh, Lucy responded well um, I'm not very happy and people aren't doing a good job of making me happy she said somebody's not doing their job listen when we think about uh, life one of the things that can happen is we get so distracted by the busyness of life and the machinery of life and the next thing on the list of life that we can miss well doing. We can miss doing good. The next fruit of the deception of the enemy, not only is it distraction, but it's also delays. And let me put a caveat here. I mean misunderstood delays. He says, be not weary or don't grow weary. Let us not grow weary of doing good for in due season we will reap. This phrase, due season, tells us again something about the harvest. It, it brings up this idea of sowing and, and he's already mentioned sowing to the flesh or sowing to the spirit. And he reminds us that when we sow to the spirit or that, that there won't be this immediate, we may look around and say, well, that's not that big of impact, not that big of result. But then over time, you start looking and say, well, pastor, I'm doing good. I'm meeting the needs of others. I'm thinking about others. I've got my mind on the long haul. I've taken my mind off of temporary things and set my mind on eternity my my giving shows an eternal focus my time shows an eternal focus my view of self is humble I'm putting others as more important than myself but you might go on and say but just to be honest I'm getting tired because it seems like the more I do for others the harder my life gets or the longer the days get I don't know if it's worth it 
And maybe there's a mom today that's listening, just thinking, I don't know if I can go on. I'm so tired. The kids are so demanding. Home is so hard. The bills are so big. And there, maybe there's a college student that's just thinking today, I don't know if I can stay focused. I don't know if I can keep resisting temptation. I don't know if I can wait any longer. What the enemy tries to do in deceiving us is misunderstand delays. And what I want to call your attention to here is that when he is the promise of God, the promise of God, he says, don't be weary in well-doing. Let us not grow weary of doing good for in due season. He said, there is an appointed time in God's sovereignty where the seed that you sow is going to bear fruit. And in the life of our church, we need to remember that. That we can teach the word and we can pray and we can give and we can go and we can witness and we can sing and worship and we can invite and we can encourage and we may look around and say I just don't see any movement I don't see any results and and God says hold on hold on in due season you will reap I think about Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And when Jesus came and Lazarus had been dead and buried for four days and Martha says to Jesus, if you had been here, if you had been here, he would not have died. Martha and Mary, if you had been here. And they looked and they experienced a delay and it, and it caused them to just say, Jesus, you're late. And in our life, we can believe the enemy's lies and the enemy's deception and believe that God is late. The promise here is, don't grow weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap. There's a third fruit of the deception of the enemy. One is distraction. One is delays that are misunderstood. And number three is discouragement discouragement just don't grow weary in well-doing for in due season you will reap if you don't give up an older translation there says if you faint not if you faint not if you don't give up the word here is a word that that means to uh, to unstring the bow. Think about a bow and arrow and you've got a, just one of those single stringed bows and you hook the string on one end and you pull and you pull and you pull and you attach it to the other end of the bow and the string is tight so that when the arrow is put in there and you pull it back, the pressure of that tight string when you let go sends that arrow on its way. The picture here is don't unstring the bow. Don't give up. Don't faint. Uh, it's, a, it's a picture. It, it literally is a, is a word that was used to describe loosening the belt. It, it was a, a few weeks ago we talked about the, um, the belt of truth and how for the 
Christian soldier. We're to wear the belt of truth. And it was a picture of girding up uh, the cloths that a soldier would have on, tying it all together, pulling the belt that held the sword and, and tying everything together with the belt. Wear the belt of truth. Tighten the belt. And the picture here for us is that the enemy will try to wear on us and wear on us and wear on us to get us weary to where we will unstring the bow or loosen the belt or give up or faint. And he says the only way you're going to reap a harvest is for us not to loosen the belt. And the the word for that is discouragement. He said don't get discouraged. Don't lose your courage. And the greatest weapon of the enemy is to, is to get believers discouraged. Because if we become discouraged, we won't be active in following Christ. Um, so what do we do if the enemy distracts us and causes us to misunderstand delays? He, causes, he, he brings about discouragement in our heart. What do we do? We need to re mind ourselves we need to take our mind that has begun to believe the lies of the enemy the things to believe the false narratives or follow the temporary fixes or or, or listen to worldly wisdom to be self-focused we need to remind ourselves we need to rewrite the program of our mind we need our minds transformed to think the mind of Christ And you go back to this verse. Let us not grow weary of doing good. I want to remind you today that when you're obedient to Christ, when you're obedient to his word, that you are doing the good. So much of your life today may be This battle between thinking of others first or thinking of self first. may have just gotten to a point where you've thought of others for a long time, but today it's like, and I'm, I don't know if it's worth it. Can I remind you today that you're doing the, listen to this word, the good. The good. In other words, you're doing godly work. As a mom, so instrumental in your family, don't let the world's, don't let the, what the world applauds cause you to believe that you're not doing the good. Don't let even the appreciation or the lack of appreciation of those that you are doing good toward make you weary listen to what God applauds listen to what God celebrates listen to what God cheers and what God applauds and what God cheers is us following his word following his life following his direction walking in obedience to him every baby dedication that we have as a church I write I have a letter that I pray over and I sign and I give to parents to be read on the day that this child accepts Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior 
Not the day of their dedication, but the day of their salvation. And in that letter, I put this statement there that I I want every new believer to hear. And that is this, to remember that the greatest measure of success is always in the humble obedience to God. The greatest measure of success for us as believers is humble obedience to God. You're doing the good. Don't grow weary. Uh, Number two, I want to remind you of this. You're right on time. And you're right on time. You're right on time because God is always right on time. Even the coming of Jesus is described in the New Testament as being in the fullness of time. In other words, when God saw the time as exactly perfect, he sent forth his son, Jesus Christ, to redeem the world. And imagine how many things, hundreds and hundreds of prophecies made in the Old Testament, hundreds of years before Jesus came, God knew exactly the right time to have Jesus born in Bethlehem so that prophecy after prophecy after prophecy would be fulfilled just as he had spoken. And the promises of God in your life will be fulfilled at just the right time. Don't believe the false narrative of the enemy that the, that the delays mean that God has lost control. You're doing the good. You're right on time. And number three, you will see a harvest. You will see a harvest. You sow to the Spirit. There will be a spiritual harvest. You sow toward eternal things. There will be a, an eternal harvest. In our church, we need to remember that the efforts to, to disciple and serve and give and love and take care of kids or, or, or lead a class or lead a small group or to sing, to study the word, to memorize scripture, those things, there will be a harvest. There will be fruit. Today, maybe discouraged, maybe distracted, maybe worried about the delays. I'll remind you that Jesus Christ, when he left this earth, gave us his word and his spirit and his body, the church, to keep us reminded that we're to do good, that we're going to reap a harvest, and that it will be in perfect timing. You see, every distraction, every delay, every discouragement is defeated by the goodness of God. His goodness means that he keeps his promises. He withholds no good thing from us. And, and we, the, the distractions, the delays, the discouragement, when matched up against the goodness of God, those things will be defeated every single time. Now, you say, I'm tired. Well, maybe there's some physical rest that you need, and I encourage you to take it. Maybe you need to learn to say no to some things. Maybe you need to stop chasing the world's applause or the world's approval or the world's acclaim. I would exhort you to set your heart on simple obedience 
of well-doing. To set your eyes and focus on the meeting of the needs of others. To set your heart on the simple obedience as, as a parent of taking care of a child and parenting a child or as a husband of meeting the needs of your wife or a wife meeting the needs of her husband or looking out for a neighbor or a sibling or a roommate, considering the needs of those around us and putting others' needs more important than our own. And when we do good in due time, we will reap. Now you wonder sometimes what that harvest might look like. I think about years in our church that we've talked about giving and talked about going. We talked about praying for the nations and we think about how many people there are to reach and how could we ever have an influence on the world and we give our dollars and we and we see our missions offerings grow and sometimes still it leaves me thinking Lord how will we ever reach this world just a few weeks ago I spoke with a pastor in South Georgia and he said my daughter went to your church as a college student I said no way said, yes and one Sunday I came to visit her I said, no way he said, and on that Sunday, y'all were talking about missions, and you introduced your Acts 1-8 offering. And you laid out how you do that, and how it's spread out, and how it's defined, and how some goes internationally, and some goes stateside, and some you use for your own projects. And he said, I had been praying that God would show our church in South Georgia how to do better with our missions offering." And he said, I just want you to know, I'm just going to tell you that I went back home and I copied what y'all are doing. And he said, since that day, over these last few years, our missions offerings have exploded. And the number of people that are going to the nations has exploded. To the point, as he began to describe it, I realized what he was saying was, is that they are now doing more, giving more, going more than we are and I think about you talk about seed being planted reaping a harvest later and more than you could ever imagine I thought there's a reason to not quit there's, a, there's evidence right there to not grow weary because you never know when the seed may be planted that God in his time much later would bring about a harvest that would be more than you could ever imagine. I think about in our own home as we raised five kids. As we near our fifth and youngest graduating. I know so many hours, so many times, so many tears, so many prayers. Carla as a mom in our home have prayed, she's shed those tears, she's gone to bed late, she's gotten up early, she's been in that role of mom, and I can remember our conversations from time to time and taking care of our kids and, and being so exhausted in her saying, um, will they ever even know? Will they ever even recognize? Will they ever even see? And then I think about a day like today, a day like this week, 
this week I got a, a text from one of our kids. And um, I was just thinking a lot about not growing weary and doing good, and particularly in light of a parent and how we can get so tired parenting sometimes and wonder if it'll ever matter, if they'll ever notice. And I got this text from one of our kids, and it said, I love you, Dad, praying for you and thinking about you today. I miss Papa every day, and I say it out loud often. I'm thankful for his legacy and the way his kindness has changed each of us. I got that text on my dad's birthday this week, and I thought, let's not quit. Let's not grow weary. Let's not give up. Let's not unstring the bow. Let's not loosen the belt. Let's not stop doing good. Because in due season, we will reap. Either here in this life or there in eternity with Jesus. Don't grow weary in well-doing. For in due season, you will reap if you faint not. Let's pray. Father, would you give us the strength to carry on, to keep doing good, even when we can't see the fruit? Would you defend us against the deception of the enemy? And those listening today, Lord, that need to know the goodness of God, I pray they'd call out to you. First, Lord, to save them if they've never experience the goodness of salvation and Lord if they have anybody listening today I pray that you would flood them with a spirit of encouragement that they would not give up they would not give up they would not grow weary in Jesus name